Hello, and welcome to Wife, Mother, Slave, Sex Goddess. I am your host, A. Hayward. Today's episode is brought to you by Cocosin. Cocosin's hair products are made only using natural and organic ingredients. Cocosin, enlighten your hair. All right, now let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. My story. So, I grew up in the projects in a small southern town in Kentucky to a single mother who had six kids, all girls. I know when some of you all think of the projects, you think roaches, sheets on the windows, mattress on the floor. That is not how I grew up. Even though we lived in the projects, my mom had a lot of pride in anything that she owned. Her house was immaculate. It might have been because she had OCD. And if something was out of place, she made us clean it up. My mom had the type of house that everything had its place. The yard was beautiful. I mean, immaculate. She planted flowers and trim around the sidewalk. I mean, that yard was absolutely gorgeous. I don't know when some of you all think of projects, you think of like the soda bass in Dayton or Cabernet Green, I guess in Chicago or whatever it's called. It's actually, we had houses, project houses. It was a four bedroom, one and a half bath house. All brick, no air conditioning unit inside but you know it was the south so we had window units it just wasn't central heating and air and i'm sure when some of you all hear that thinking that is not the project oh yes it was trust and believe (laughs) the projects where i'm from was definitely the projects and that was back in the day when neighbors kept an eye on each other's kids if my mom was at work and I went outside, soon she got home. Why were you outside? How'd you know I was outside? Uh, don't ask me questions. Answer the question. And you know, that's another misconception that people have about people who live in the projects. They don't work. Let me inform you. They actually do. For instance, my mom worked two and three jobs just to make ends meet, to provide for her kids. So for those of you all thinking, oh, they own welfare, they own food stamps, and we work because she don't want to work or they don't want to work. No, she worked constantly. Not only did she work, she raised her kids. So the misconception of people in the projects, no welfare, don't work, is just that, a misconception. Think about that waitress at the restaurant that you don't want to tip because um, the cook got your order wrong and you're blaming her. Think about the maid at the hotel where you stay who cleans your room. Think about the orderly at the hospital. Think about that call center worker that you call complaining about your credit card statement that you know that you jacked up. Things of that nature. People who actually work hard are some of those people that you think are lazy on welfare and don't want to do their job. Those are the people 
who need those government assistance to help them from day to day. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure there are some people who sit back and like, you know what? I'm just going to sit back and collect a check and not do nothing. I'm pretty sure there are those people. It's not the majority. Most of the Americans who are on welfare or live in public housing actually work very hard. And I'm a witness of that because that was my mother. She finally got a job that actually was in a factory that paid her enough to actually move out of the projects. But it came with a price. She worked from 3 in the afternoon to 11 at night. So when we get out of school, she actually was at work. She wasn't able to help us with our homework. She did have dinner on the table every day. But I'm pretty sure it was difficult for her not being able to come to sporting games that we had and take us do things at school, like plays that we had and things of that nature, because she had to pay the bills. And as her child, I understood that. I never tried to put pressure on her or ask her why she couldn't come to any of my games. And, you know, it's crazy because in high school, I actually cheered. I was actually the only black girl on the cheerleading squad in high school. And I'm going to be honest with you. They took care of me. The cheerleading squad took care of me. I never had a ride home after practice. Someone always took me home. My mom couldn't afford the shoes and uh, everything that we had to get for cheerleading. And some of the parents on the cheerleading squad actually paid for my stuff to go to nationals because we won nationals two years in a row. The rings that we got from nationals, someone's parent paid for my cheerleading rings. I never knew who that parent was or who they were. Maybe they took up a collection for me. I don't know, but I am truly grateful to those parents who looked out for me. I was on the varsity cheerleading squad junior and senior year of high school. And I do not remember ever having to pay for anything. And it's funny because I remember one time the coach was talking and she was like, don't forget, payment is due on XYZ or whatever it was. And I was looking around like, what is she talking about? I was always taken care of. And growing up the way that I did, it really made me appreciate giving and people. You know, it's funny. Some of you all probably think that, oh, since her mother worked so much, she must have been wild. Her sisters must have been wild. Absolutely not. We were terrified of our mother. We said she was what you call batshit crazy. So I've had the same friend, best friend, since second grade. Now, we've had a couple incidents, but that's a whole nother episode. But um, in high school, her mother would actually let her go to house parties and um, go to the community center dances and everything. I couldn't go to anything. My mom was at work after practice or something like that. I was in the house. She was what you would call overprotective. But one thing I can say with her being overprotective and everybody knowing how crazy she was, 
I didn't get into a lot of trouble. Okay, let me rephrase that. I didn't get caught getting into a lot of trouble. I know growing up, um, she would make us take our younger siblings with us. So there was three of us that was older. And then there were the younger ones. The twins. Yes, I have twin sisters. Sisters who are twins. Um, were younger than us. And then my other sister who was up under me. We would always fight about who we got to take with us. Because one of them was a snitch. And when I say snitch, you give mama give her a bag of Doritos and she telling everybody's business. So nobody wanted to take her anywhere. So no, as we was older, we did not sneak out. Not only did she have the neighbors watching the house, she had the youngest in our family telling all our business for a bag of Doritos. And I think at the time the bag of Doritos was like 25 cents. So, we stayed on the up and up. Now, I did have an older sister who was well older than I am. When I was in high school, she was actually in college. So, I didn't see much of her while she was in college because she was out living her best life. And <laughs> when I got to college, I understood. I got to say, going to college was an experience. My first year of college, freshman year. Tennessee State University. That was back in the day when you didn't have in-state tuition when you was that close to the school. So I had to pay out-of-state tuition. And when I tell y'all I had to take out loans, which most of you all who were in college probably did, it's a different breed at HBCU. And what I mean by that, financial aid, wasn't computers online and things of that nature where you can just, you know, log in and get your paperwork and sign electronically and all that. No. You had to wait in line for two hours to be seen for five minutes. Yeah. It was difficult. But it was some of the best times of my life. And I met some of the most wonderful people at Tennessee State University. Matter of fact, my seven soul sisters that I still keep up with to this day, my lifeline, my inspiration, those women who push me for greatness are the women that I met at Tennessee State University. I will always be grateful to these women who I still keep in touch with to this day. Now in college, I ain't going to tell all our business because some of that stuff <laughs> doesn't need to be told. But my roommate, people say we resemble each other. I mean, I guess they're saying she's gorgeous, but she was from Ohio and we roommate. And down the hall was someone she knew from Ohio. So all of us got together and another young lady who went till the same high school that I did came. And then her roommate was from Kentucky. So we all got together, our roommates. Oh, and we had three to a room at Tennessee State. Yeah, that's a whole nother episode. But um, <laughs> it was amazing. 
I did very well at Tennessee State University, but I had to switch because I was not about that life of being stressed and depressed because of financial aid. If I would have had in-state tuition like they do now, I would have graduated from Tennessee State University, but I didn't. So I had to switch because of my sanity and because of my pockets. So because of the stress of financial aid and not being able to pay for college and not wanting to get into tens of thousand dollars in debt, I switched to Western Kentucky University. Actually, transferring was pretty easy, especially since I had help with the whole transfer process. And when I got on campus, I didn't have a roommate, so I had my room all to myself, which was beautiful. I didn't mind having my own room. I actually, you know, had the two twin beds, put them together, made me a king. It was awesome. I met a lot of nice people, some rude people, but it was different from being at HBCU. It was really different. But, you know, I survived and made the best out of everything. I had friends, boyfriends, some I don't. Got another one. <laughs> it, it was, it, college was a great experience. It's also where I met my husband. A lot of people didn't even know we were dating because I was that chick that actually kept my personal life private. Everybody don't need to know what I'm doing and who I'm doing it with. So after I crossed um, my sorority, everybody kind of figured it out. But we've been together for 20 years. Yeah, it's almost 20 years. Now I'm not gonna say my life with my husband has been easy the whole time. Cause anybody who's been in a relationship for a long period of time, know it has its ups and its downs. So we started off hot and heavy. And then there was an incident. We got through it, we continued. We have two kids, a boy and a girl. And our kids are very active in a lot of things, so we stay extremely busy and extremely stressed. Sometimes I feel like I'm doing more. Sometimes he feels like he's doing more. It's part of it. And I know for a fact, as women, we feel like we're being neglected, taken advantage of, not appreciated. But at the end of the day, you look at your family and realize it's all worth it, especially when your kids do something that's extraordinary. Bring an A home on a test when they studied, exceeded in a sporting event, finished a book that you told them to read, picked up something you told them to pick up. When your kids listen to you, when your husband comes behind you, give you a kiss on the neck or give you a kiss on the cheek or the forehead or even on your lips, especially on the lips and tells you how much he loves you. Those times make those stressful times in your life seem like we can get through this. It's not always easy. There are so many stressful days, but when those good days outweigh those bad days, that's when you know you can make it through. And sometimes 
those bad days seem like they're never going to end. Just know that as women, we are built for this. God would not put anything on us that we can't handle. Get up, get yourself together, and know that the life that you live is the life that you're meant to live. And thank you for tuning in to Wife, Mother, Slave, Sex Goddess. Sponsored by Cocosin. You can find Cocosin on Facebook and Instagram. Cocosin is spelled K-O-C-A-Z-E-N. Or go to the website cocosin.com. Cocosin, enlighten your hair. Feel free to email me at ahayward.podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe, leave a review. Thanks for listening.